Luca Talk. New episode starts now. Welcome everybody to another edition of the Look of Talk podcast. I am your boss man, V Jones, the host of the Look of Talk podcast. And today we have an exclusive round. Joining me today is she is the host of the Tea Time with Tish podcast, holding it down out of Baltimore, Maryland. It is Tish, ladies and gentlemen. How you doing today? Hey guys. Hey there. How are y'all? Hey, how you doing? How you holding up during this damn quarantine? Okay, so um, I know last week you um, gave out tips on how to keep everything together while you're in quarantine and whatnot, and Uh this week I just want to give all your listeners um, who are parents, who are not parents, who are aunties, who are uncles, just the insight on what it's like from um, a parent side when it comes to the whole quarantine. I don't know, do you have any little ones running around? Um, no, I don't have any kids, but I did do an episode with some moms and they had some very interesting things to say. So, um, yeah, anything you want to add in there? Um, it's just, it's been so crazy. It's been super crazy because this week, um, we switched to, um, online learning, e-learning, whatever you want to call it. So now they have like a certain schedule that they have to follow. So at one o'clock class starts and then you're in class from like one, one forty-five. But before class starts, you gotta watch these videos so that you know what class, you know, what they're what the teacher's going over in class. And it's actually like it doesn't sound like a lot, but it becomes a lot after, you know, a, a few days of doing it. Wow, that, that sounds a lot. It sounds like everybody, yeah, I've been hearing that from many people in different states. Every state is going to online learning, which is more proud to those states. I'm hearing our idiot governor in Florida is talking about thinking about reopening schools. I'm like, no, what? No, fool ain't. Yeah, he's, uh, he's actually thinking about reopening the schools in May. Well, when does school you guys get out of school early though don't you guys start like mid-august and get out like the beginning of may is that how it works down there i believe it is i believe it is i have been in school like in years so yeah i believe that's how it normally is yeah so here in, in um baltimore we don't go back to school until after labor day so the whole state of maryland so they signed a bill that school doesn't start till after Labor Day. And then um, depending on how many snow days you use is how many more days you have to add on to the school year. But my thing is in any school district, I feel like when this happened, we were going into fourth quarter. Like my son had got third quarter report cards, um, fourth quarter had started, and we were actually about to get interims in like three weeks after we just got third quarter report cards. So the school year was almost over. What is your logic behind opening the school system back up when you guys get out of school in May anyway? It makes no sense. Yes, that, that trust me, I feel that same way. It makes no sense. Why not just leave the schooling online and call it a day? Cause it's almost the end of the year or the school year right. anyway. So that makes any sense. No, right. no sense whatsoever. It's crazy. I just don't understand. And this this is my biggest thing. So we have fifth graders obviously going into sixth grade. I don't know how your school systems work um, in Florida, but we go pre-K through five um, in just like basic public school, whether it's city or county. And then we go six to eight and then we go nine to twelve. But some schools, like my son goes to a charter school, so they go pre-K through five on one side of the building, and then the middle school is on the other side of the building, so they go six through eight. So he'll be in the same at the same school until he goes to eighth grade, but it's like, what about those babies that are about to go into middle school or about to go into high school that didn't get, you know, the rest of the information they need because the end of the school year, that's when they give you the stuff that you're going to need for the next grade. That's going to start in the fall. So it's kind of just like, what are you going to pass them? Are you going to fail them? Is it up to the parent? Like how, I just don't know how they're going to do the whole pass or fail system. I, I don't know either, but I've heard from some college students that just like look past everybody, look past everybody. But I'm just like, look, I feel like there are some things you need to learn while you're in the school. 
And then there are some things you need to learn in real life. So mm-hmm. I feel like they just need to go ahead and get that plan together and stick to it. And my thing is you can't pass everybody because what about the kids who are actually failing? Or maybe not failing, but you know how it's you know, you got a, a C first and second quarter and then a D third quarter and whatever you get full quarter determines if you go to algebra one or if you're stuck back in pre-algebra. How are you going to, you know, pretty much fix that? How are you going to be able to say, okay, these are the kids who weren't doing good, so we're going to hold them back. And then these are the kids who were passing, we're going to pass them. But then some parents will rebuttal with, well, we went to online learning, so they didn't really get to figure, you know, finish out the school year and yada, yada. I just feel like there are a lot of, like, things that are unsaid, but they're going to run into problems with. Yes, I agree with you. There are a lot of problems with this. It's unsaid because this coronavirus, it just came out of nowhere. It feels like people weren't really prepared for something mm-hmm. like of this disaster. It's like in Florida, we're prepared for the hurricanes, but nobody was mm-hmm. prepared for all the businesses and schools to be just shut down. Everybody told to stay at home. And how did, how y'all doing with that up there, or with the whole stay so, at home? First of all, are you on TikTok? I, I see the TikTok right. videos. Um, no, I haven't made First one. of all, Ain't no fucking curfew. I'm from Baltimore. There is no fucking curfew. So I just want to reiterate exactly what he said on the TikTok. You talking about curfew? There is no curfew. People are still out. People are still in the store. I had to play Easter Bunny, so I had to run out and get like a few things for Easter tomorrow. And there are people just out and about. Listen, um, I feel you. I feel you on that because here in Florida, people still out and about too. It's like there ain't no damn curfew. The only thing that's affected is the business are being closed. It's, mm-hmm. People are still out, um, still living their everyday lives. So and that's really a little weird. dangerous. That's a little too dangerous. People are living a little too risky. But then there's me who's like, I'm only going out for like the bare necessities. We need to you know, get food, stuff like that. But there are people out, like, really running the streets. And I do hair um, by trade. So by day, I'm a hairstylist. By night, I'm a podcaster or whenever I'm done doing hair. So it's like we were one of the non-essential businesses that get shut down. The thing is about being a hairstylist and, you know, you go to a barber or what have you. If we don't work, we don't get paid. That's this true. That's how the cookie crumbles. That that is so, so yes, true. Yes, I'm able to file for unemployment. Yes, I'm able to get the unemployment. Yes, I'll get the seventeen hundred dollar stimulus check because there's me, and then I have a dependent. But it's like once you okay pay rent, pay beginning, pay your phone bill. What do you actually have? Everything is closed. So what are you actually about to buy? What are you actually about to spend on that money? Well, there is well, there is the online shopping option, which ain't the best option. Um, and right. then there are bills and stuff, so you're not really spending it. So, but I do feel for you being a um, beautician, and because I know my bar, my personal barber, I know he's probably struggling right now. But I've seen some barbers mm-hmm. still going out there risking their lives. Now, I have friends who are still doing it. Like, now, I did do one house call at the beginning just to give me, like, a little couple more dollars just to push me, um, you know, where I needed to be. But, mm-mm, I can't. I can't risk it. Right. I tell you, I totally feel you on um, not risking it. Can you hear me? I mean, yes, I can still hear you. I just want it to be... Over and done with. I'm ready to go back. I thought I'd never say this, but I'm ready to go back to work. Uh, I'm ready to get out the house and I'm ready to take my son out to lunch and just, you know, do some of the things that we used to be able to just go to the playground. No, I feel you. They have. I totally feel you on that because, like I said, I live down here in Florida and it's all nice out. I'm like, I can't really do nothing. Mm -hmm. I I had Good Friday off and I was telling a friend of mine, like, take a good day ride over to Orlando or something. Like, Goodness. 
So, so you're telling me that you're essential? Yeah, I'm essential because I work at a call center that deals with um. But we actually work from home. But I have. I mean, yeah. yeah. I, and also, I do security at night as well. So yeah, I am essential. So it's like we. I've been ha- having mm. to work from home, but I've been having system issues, so I've been having to go back to the office. So I'm just Ugh. like, and I couldn't. And like all my friends are like, like my friends at first. Okay, now on the first day, I got quarantined with my friends. So the first day I got, I came over here, right? Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, you know, we want to watch who we're coming in contact with, because you know, some people are still going out. You know, make sure you sanitize in the door handles. Make sure you sanitize your. Hand. I'm giving this like cleanly spiel. Where everybody's like looking at me like, yo, like shorty's oldie crazy. And then as the days progressed, I started hearing them repeat after me. Like, you know, we want to watch who we come in contact with. I was like, okay. So the first day when I got here, y'all was looking at me like I was crazy. Now that we on day 9, 10, 11, now y'all see what the fuck I'm saying when I'm saying wash your hands and really be cleanly. Like, I went around the house and I sprayed every doorknob and wiped it off. Like, I, I car doors. Whatever I can wipe off, like you really do not want to come in contact with us. You don't. And you can also be asymptomatic and pass it off to somebody else. You really don't know. That's definitely true. That's definitely true. Um, but enough about this damn coronavirus, because we can talk about this all day. Yeah. We can stress about this all day. Every day. Tell me a little about Tea Time with Tish, your podcast. Oh, man. Okay, so um, I've been dying to have a podcast for, like, a couple years, and I was bullshitting, 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 and then finally, like, my friends talked me into doing it. So I really wanted to do um, something where I was able to kind of come together and get, like, a Deuces and Marrow meets the Breakfast Club meets Wendy Williams type of feel, where we can kind of, like, meet, you know, Red Table Talk type of powwow. Um, type of deal. So my first season, um, I ended up just like recording with some of um, the local um, Black-owned businesses. I went to a thrift stop um, that was Black-owned. My cousin, she owns a business that's Black-owned. My friend, he's an artist. He has a studio down um, in Baltimore. Um, you can actually like order some of his paintings like online. It's dope. So I just really got into... Um, my first season, just given my the platform that I have to my friends to kind of, you know, get their businesses out there, I talk about it and um, whatnot, and also to give me the opportunity to really, like, get in there, get my feet wet, see what I like, see what works, see what doesn't work, so that when I come back to season two, I can have it almost to where I want it. Pretty okay, and that's real. So what have you learned about podcasting from season one? <laughs> so um, I learned what not to do with the Anchor app. Um, I know that you use Anchor as well. But um, there was a couple of times where there was just like dead silence in my recording because, um, you know, the, the audio was broken up or I was trying to, you know, configure it. Um I learned what I don't want, what kind of guests I don't want on there as well, what kind of guests I do want on there as well. And I also learned to maybe be an episode ahead because I've had like guests like cancel or just not show up to get recorded, which can be really frustrating when you have an episode. Yes, I definitely agree with you on on that that part. It's like guests not showing up and guests um the guests don't want to show up now i will say on my part the beautiful part about anchor is to where the guests you can have them wherever you are you know what i'm saying so there's really no mm-hmm. excuse so that's why i learned that same thing as well so what episode of tea time with tish would you say was your favorite episode to record uh, so I want to say season one, episode six, seven. I can't really remember um, which number it was. But I 
was on somebody else's podcast. It was called Bad Clients Podcast. And I needed a host or like a co-host that day. Um, so I asked the person who um, interviewed me on her podcast to just pretty much piggyback and be on mine because my guest had canceled mm. um, that week. And it ended up being exactly what I wanted. And it's funny because that episode was the turning point. It made me fit. It, like I figured out exactly what format I wanted, exactly what I wanted to do, exactly how I wanted to do it. And I had such a good time. I realized that I didn't realize that time was almost running out. So it was it was super awesome. It was a self-discovery episode. And I feel like the content on there, I'd love to get to know a little more about me because I don't share too much about myself um, because I was interviewing other people season one. So I feel like my listeners get to know a little more about me. They get to hear my funny. They get to hear how goofy I am. And they also just, you know, get to, like, enjoy it. Type that's of real. Um, that's good that your listeners got to enjoy that side of you and see that other side of you. So... What episode do you feel like you really grew from? You look back on this episode, you're like, damn, I really came a long way from this episode. (laughs) Probably my first, or even, was it my second episode? My second episode. Um, I had one of my friends on. Her name was Amber She's a blogger. And I couldn't get the connection. I didn't understand that... um, I couldn't close the window while we're recording. Have you ever tried to close out your Anchor app without closing it, but kind of like open another window while you're recording? Uh, And the person, the the person who you're talking to won't be able to hear you, but she'll be able to hear them until you open um, the, the app back up. Then that's when they can hear you. I probably went through about two or three episodes where I didn't understand that or um, when you're recording like face to face with someone you know if you hit the button um, it pauses it and you can pick up where you left off recording like it's enough for an ad right there I was breaking the daggone segments up I was just trying to get the hang of it and learn it um, and whatnot but from the first episode to probably like episode eight it was kind of like oh wow like a huge maturity. I'll tell you on that. That's definitely real. Now, on your last episode, um, the last episode I think you did was Bad Moms, Decent Decisions. What did you want people to say? That was my favorite really? episode. Now, that the was the episode I, I was just talking about. Because on episode 95, I did a sit-down with some um, a pod mom group called the Three Dope Moms out of Kentucky, and that triggered my attention because I'm like, huh, Bad moms, decent decisions. What was your thinking? What was behind mm-hmm. this episode? So um, that was that episode with um, Emily on it, where we came and just pretty much did a round table talk. It was just pretty much me and Emily sitting there drinking coffee because I video called her on Facebook first just to, you know, make sure she was together and, you know, let her know when I call her on um, Anchor and, you know, pick up. We're going to jump right into the episode. And it was just us sitting there bullshitting. Me and her share um, a lot of things in common. In common, I'm sorry. Um, I'm very 420 friendly. I do not hey, hide that's it. that's real. That's real. I do real. not hide it from my therapist either. Um, my therapist says that that is my, um, I forgot the word he used. Your coping mechanism. But pretty much that's, yes. He, he always gets on me like, I think you're in a relationship with weed. And I'm like, yeah, well. We just never cheated on me. It's never lied to me. It's um, never took my debit card with all my tax no. either out of the state. So, honey, okay, I had my son when I was 20 years old. So I literally still had to grow as my son was growing as a baby. It's, ooh, I'm a whole new person. Oh, man. You, you're going to have to have another episode for my early 20s. That's a, that's a whole encyclopedia. Really? Thing. Wow. So, um. <clears throat> But you know what? Those are your best years. It, if I didn't do the fuck shit that I was doing in my early 20s, I would not be 
for someone who's quickly approaching 30, I would not be like, okay, the way I handle things now, the way I carry my baby father now, the way I carry family stuff now compared to now in like 20, two different times. It's Listen, two I, different told, times. I totally but feel was, you on that because right now I'm, I'm pushing, I'm, I'm 30 is staring me down in December. So it's like looking back, I definitely. Oh, honey. Yes, and I'll be 28 this year, so I oh, still have two more years. But I'm, I, thank you, honey. I ain't never heard that before. Thank you so much, because my other friends like, ah, girl, you almost there, and you just like, honey, you are blessed. Thank you, daughter. But it, it's that episode with having her on it and just having girls talk and being full 20 friendly, and we're both moms, and we both had podcasts, and we both have like the same sense of humor. Um, and things that we said off camera, you know, and you know how you and your friends talk. So it was just good moms, decent decisions. Cause we don't, I don't really make bad decisions. I make decent decisions, but you don't catch a bad one every Yeah, that's definitely real. Now, jumping back to this coronavirus, I heard some articles said that smoking weed can increase the uh, chances Uh and stuff that the harmful effects of the coronavirus. I'm like, what the fuck? What are they trying to say? I just, I feel like weed fights off anything. When my stomach's upset, I smoke a blunt. When my head hurts, I smoke a blunt. I mean, it it doesn't cure everything, but it cures most of things. Yes, I, I don't know. I'm I'm really into it. So I'll watch do you watch the channel uh, sometimes. You know Bonga Petit and or, you know, the, the stuff they have on there that's 420 positive. I just feel like boomers need to sit the fuck down and watch their channel for 24 hours and then come holler at it. I feel you on that. I definitely feel you on that. I feel like the boomers in this generation, they just, they don't, they don't get us and we don't get them. And it's just too much to solve. I do get them. They stuck in their ways and they that's don't want to change. And you can't. Like, I swear to God, I, I feel like I just had this talk with my mom last week. Like, my mom's like, oh, my God, you smoke every day. And I just looked at her and was like, yeah, well, you married an alcoholic. And those are both vices. You can't pick and choose what vice you want to be okay. You can't be like, oh, you know, it's okay to drink a whole 12-pack 12, 12 of beer. I don't know if people down there do that but Baltimore you no know, I know people listen listen you just said I was alcoholism <clears throat> travels everywhere so I've had family members that be going okay. back to look like it's nothing so I know fair I know I know I mean, where you're coming from with that it ain't just a Baltimore thing in Florida right. we turn up too so I've seen right. it happen it happens on both sides of the spectrum right but you know in the black community especially and I know we can be here on this one in the black community Certain things is frowned upon because certain things want to be frowned upon, not because it's actually frowned upon. Like, when have you ever seen somebody OD on weed? Never. You've never seen somebody OD on weed. It's it's nearly it impossible. It really is it's impossible. But right, but how many people have had alcohol poison? How many people have pancreatitis from being an alcoholic? How many people have liver damage? How many people overdose on crack? How many people, you feel what I'm saying? Like, you getting upset or, or you judging us for a plant that grows. Like, if you go to Jamaica, this plant is just growing outside. Like, the daisies and stuff like that. Like, this is this is their thing. But when you see us doing it, it's like, oh, you guys are terrible. You guys are potheads modern-day crackheads. Weed is not Yes, crack. weed is not it's crack. Not. I definitely agree with you there. Um, I, I feel bad for all the non-weed smokers out there who want to just hate on 420 for no reason and stuff. It's crazy. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen. It really is. Like, what the fuck? Like, people smoke... I mean, okay, smoking cigarettes. That's also a vice. Nicotine is addictive. Like, I could really go down the list of vices. People choose, like, fat people. Fat people eat out the drive-thru every day. That's a vice. You can't say that this person going to McDonald's 
but breakfast, lunch, and dinner is okay, but me smoking my weed is not okay. They're all vices. They're all addictions. They're all bad. Yes, they are all bad. We get it. Ladies and gentlemen, if you don't know by now, this is the Look and Talk podcast. And ladies and gentlemen, go ahead and subscribe if you haven't done so. Give us some feedback. Let us know how we're doing. Go ahead and follow us on Instagram at Look and Talk Podcast. Let us know how we're doing. Today, this is an exclusive round with Tea Time with Tish around. Ladies and gentlemen, with my guests holding it down out of Baltimore. So, Tish, tell me about what you want people to get from season two, which is upcoming. Okay, so I really want people to get me. Like, I want people to get the me that my friends get. Because I'm funny, as, and I don't mean to keep saying it, but, like, I'm funny, and it's a natural funny. And sometimes when people think I'm funny, I'll be annoyed, like, okay, that wasn't that funny. But I want them to get me. I'm authentic. I say things that people don't say. You might think it, but I'm the person that's saying what you're thinking. And I'm not afraid to admit, you know, what I'm thinking or anything like that. So I really want people to, like, get the mom side, the business side, the funny side, the perky side, the piehead side. I want y'all to have all of it. I want y'all to catch the tishiness. That's real. That's that's definitely real. So tell me, how what made you finally say, I just want to go ahead and start a podcast? So I just, I have not had like an awesome life, you know, like most of us who come from a minority family. Um, But I feel like I was hiding, or let me say it like this. Once I started seeing my therapist, I started going to group therapy. And I started realizing that these people who are our parents' age or older or old enough to be our, like our siblings, my oldest brother is 40. So anybody who's between the ages 35 and 40 is old enough to be a sibling to me. My mom will be 60. Mm-hmm. So anybody who can, you can find a common ground with or like, I didn't realize that I could have, you know, common mental health issues with a recovering heroin addict. I would have never, walking down the street, I would have never started a conversation with this person. But if I don't see this person every Friday, I'm now calling this person. What are you doing? Are you okay? You know what I'm saying? You become a family. And from listening to them and me sharing my story with them, I was just like, damn, I, I'm sure that there's someone who is pregnant at 19 like I was and because God says no to abortions, this person's not going to get an abortion and they're going to keep this baby and they they struggling and they don't know what to do, et cetera, et cetera. You know, if I share my story about that, I could be helping somebody else. Somebody could be in a verbally abusive relationship. If I could share my story with that, you know what I'm saying? I just, I feel like from the time I got pregnant with my son at 19, 19 was like the changing point for my life. To, to start the journey that I've been on. Once I got pregnant with my son, I got pregnant, I got married, um, I had my son, I got divorced, all by the age wow. of 22. Right, right. And it's like, I've always struggled with depression and anxiety, but once that happened, because you know, the hormones and having a baby and I also had postpartum depression, but I was also afraid to um, speak out about it because I thought when you hear postpartum depression, you think about the people who kill their kids and then drive to Walmart with them. You know what I'm saying? Like the extreme, or that's what people with anxiety think about. They think about the extreme. They don't think about, okay, you have postpartum. This is semi-normal. You just need to exit out. I'm, you know, holding all this stuff in. And once I started seeing my therapist, I said how unhealthy I was letting my family treat me and people I was dating and my ex-husband and my baby father because they're not the the same person because I wanted to do this and that. I was just like, you know what? I wish I had somebody to help me navigate through my 20s or navigate about anything. And I had somebody, you know how you just, you need to sign and you just turn on a podcast that just piques your interest and that person might start speaking to you. I want people when they hear my podcast to be like, damn, she really living her truth and she don't give a fuck if 
she'd have been married, divorced, been in a very unhealthy relationship, and somebody made her get an abortion because this person basically told her that if you have this baby, you want to be a single mother of two, and da 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 da. Like, it's, it's a journey, it's a process, and I want to share that with somebody so I can maybe help somebody else come out there. That's down. real. That or, is so you know, real. Now, what do you want, what did you learn about yourself at the end of this journey? You know what I'm saying? What have you learned about yourself over the years and going through these things? Oh, man. Um, I learned that no matter what, God has the last day at the end of the day. And, you know, I always tell people I, I don't mean to bring God into it. You can replace God with whoever you believe in. Allah, Buddha, the damn unicorn that died on Noah's Ark, which is why we don't have unicorns no more. I don't care who you pray to, who you worship, but it's like the higher power has to say at the end of the day. I, I always got to remember that. Um, uh, I've also learned like these hoes is hoes regardless. You feel what I'm saying? And I don't mean to say it like that, but I've, I've learned because I have a lot of male friends so it's a lot of double standards for males and females. I learned that the all guys are going to treat you however they want to treat you. You know, the ones that want something, et cetera, et cetera. It's okay to treat these hoes accordingly. It's okay to just let somebody come over, de-sex, and put them out. It's okay. They do it to us all the time. It's okay to date more than one person as long as you're not having unprotected sex with all of those people. It's okay to be free and be body positive and be a mom and fucking smoke as long as you wake up, bust your ass, pay your taxes, and take care of your kids. That's, That's real. It. Now, getting back to motherhood, based on the last episode I did, where do you see, where do you think moms go wrong with their children, other moms that you've observed? I mean, I, oh, man, I can't necessarily judge another mom for going wrong, but this is what I don't like about women with children. Let me say it like that. I don't like when they keep having multiple children and living off the government. Ooh, you struck That's a nerve I don't like. Everybody, see, that's honestly... You no, want me to talk yeah, about no, it? Go ahead and talk about it. I'm just gonna tell, I'm gonna say this. That's why I love ACS. That's one of the reasons I used to work for the state of Florida in the um the benefits department. That's why I, I had to leave because I'm like, I'm just sitting here enabling these people to go ahead and live their own life and just live off the government right. instead of getting it for your damn self. Because I will see people okay. that will come in there bitching about why is my food stamps going down? Well, because you got that job. I'm like Come on, talk to me. Mm. Now, see, listen, I'm I'm not trying to get in no trouble, but I got a little pay raise, and I did say my rent went up a couple extra hundred dollars. Did you want to know something? Each okay, each situation is different. For me, I'm by myself. Yeah, you are. It's literally me and my son. Right. I work hard. I, I I pay my taxes. I'm paying into the Medicaid and the food stamps and this and the Social Security and stuff like that. I'm a hardworking fucking American who collects the W two at the end of the year. And you guys take three to four hundred dollars a month out of my check for taxes. That could go to growth. Trust me, I feel you. Okay, Look that could go to growth. Right. I make too much money to qualify for low-income housing. They told me I make too much money. But mind you, it's just me off of my one little income and I have a dependent. I make too much for Section 8. And I just hate when I see girls, one in a stroller, one pregnant, back in social services, you get in Section 8, you get in the health insurance, you get in the food stamps, you get in the cash assistance, like, bitch, what more do you want? <laughs> what more do you want? Like, I just, I don't understand why. Okay, if you're dating someone who has kids, and you never see that person with their child, 
ladies, that is a red fucking flag. You do not get pregnant by this person. Because if they're not taking care of the first one, they're not going to take care of the next one. Okay? My brother has gotten three different girls pregnant four times. And they and the girl, I just looked at I looked at the second baby mother and was like, bitch, you did not see the first time. So why would you let this nigga get you pregnant? Mind you, this do is you, my brother. Do you even hold this your brother accountable for that? Bro, you can't even hold this nigga accountable because he I just I can't. Okay, if if child support don't mandate that they take the money out the check, he's not going to take care of them fucking kids. But he's 40. I can't hold a 40-year-old accountable. You know how you see somebody making the same decisions? You ever tell somebody, hey, pick that up? Hey, pick that A child. Hey, tie your shoe or you want to trip and fall? Hey, tie your shoe or you want to trip and fall? How many times you going to say that before you just stop telling the child to tie their shoe and let them just trip and fall and realize that they hit the fuck up? That's what it is. I can't keep pep talking somebody that's not going to take what I'm saying. And I'm the, I'm the baby. I'm the baby wow. of five. So, right. So, I am not going to keep pep talking somebody that's 40 years old who should be married, who can't take care of his kids. And maybe not be married, but God, damn, you need to take care of your kids. Child support shouldn't have to make you do that. I just hate people who work the system and you know, oh, I'm going to go spit on this and I, I, I don't have to work and da 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 Actually, you do. Because when you go to retire, you have nothing to leave your kids. You have nothing to leave them but Section 8 housing. I would hate my mother if she left me a damn Section 8 housing, nothing else. I'd be pissed off. Yeah, I, I think we all would be Thank pissed you. off about that. <laughs> um, but... <laughs> Getting back to podcasting, what is the advice you're willing to give someone who wants to start podcasting? Just do it. That's what everybody told me. Just do it. Can't, you don't know what you're doing. People listening don't know what you're doing. As long as the content is good, put it out there. You That's definitely real. Uh, what's something you wish you would have knew about podcasting before you got got into it? I wish I knew how to edit my episodes. Yeah. I think I think we all do that. You know what I'm saying? We all struggle with that editing thing. But once you learn to play around with it a couple of times, and I would say repetition mm-hmm. is definitely the key. Once you play around with it, you know what you want to cut out. You know you know how to get this thing down. So it it takes time with, with anything. It, it just takes time. And you'll get that definitely that editing down. Now, now moving right. on. What's some what's some now let's let's talk a little bit about Baltimore. What's some spots that people need to come visit whenever they do once once this quarantine messes up with? What's some spots people that they want to come visit Baltimore? Oh. What's some things they need to do? Um okay, so you definitely have to go to that um in a harbor. That the harbor is the heart of the city. So you got the aquarium, lots of restaurants, um what else is down there? Discovery Zone. I bet Port Discovery is down there. There's a really nice bar um, down here, and it's like eight bars connected in one. So you can go bar hop around there. But I will tell y'all that Wu Child, it is in the ghetto. Yeah. That's funny. You are going to definitely need some pepper spray because it it's a lot of crackheads. Really? Wow. It's, is that crazy in Baltimore? Definitely. Did you see the riot? Yeah, on the I've TV seen a couple the riot. Years seen... What do you think we planned? Like, like I had to ask you real quick. Uh, I, 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 I highly doubt that. I highly doubt y'all mm-hmm. planned. That was crazy. Yeah, and it's it's not okay. Now those riots, yeah, niggas is definitely like showing out, like for real, for real. But it was for a good reason. We could have just been a little more peaceful, but that's not a city you want to have. A riot with, I promise you that it's just it's wild and all over the place, but we do have a Baltimore County part where you know that's the suburbs. Um, you could go to Hunt Valley out there. Um, that's like a little strip mall with like DSW Ragamans. Um, you know, little stuff like that. I'm trying to think if you come 
Baltimore. We have a zoo. Our zoo is kind of lit down here. Um, <clears throat> really, I like our playground. We have a lot of nice playgrounds. And maybe I just say that because I'm a mom, but our snowball stands are lit. Anywhere that's selling seafood, like crabs, definitely got to get a crab cake when you get down here. Um, what is something else? You got to have Old Bay on everything. Listen, have you ever I've been Old Bay? Old Bay. One of my uncles put me on Old Bay, and I, have, I haven't stopped using it ever since. So, yeah, I'll be using Old Bay. Okay. Yeah, we know about Old Bay. That we... We obey everything down here. Like, fat, obey wings, obey on our seafood, obey fries. Um, have you ever had a Natty uh, Bow? That's nah, a Baltimore beer. It's like our whatever. I don't drink beer at all. Like I said, I'm 425. Okay. I, so definitely I feel not you on that. Now, we are, I know you're 425. However, I will ask you to pick a liquor. What was your favorite liquor? Oh, definitely tequila. Anything um, clear. I will take tequila shots. I will do um, pineapple and vodka. That's my go-to. Whenever I go out to drink, I do pineapple, pineapple and vodka. vodka. That's interesting because the last couple of guests I've had on, they all said they've all gone to dark side. You're one of the rare ones that actually likes mm. it clear. Because you know what? I call them cat in the hat drink. Remember the cat in the hat when he showed up to the house and they like, oh, right, this cat in the hat, mm-hmm. he chill. Nigga took the head off, motherfucker started pulling shit out of there. Like, whoa. Vodka, vodka and pineapple. It's a cat in the hat drink. It tastes like juice. And you like, okay, first one, you, you, once you hit the first three, because they taste like juice, by the time you on the fourth one, you like, oh, fuck, I'm fucked up. Cat in the hat drink. You didn't Damn, see it coming. Cat in the hat drink. You didn't see it coming. Ladies and gentlemen. Like a strawberry oh, daiquiri. Yeah. yeah, strawberry daiquiri, yes. I definitely do agree with you there. Like there are some drinks out there that will just sneak up on you out of nowhere. It's like you you throwing them back and not even feeling it, but then out of nowhere, bam, it just mm-hmm. hits you. Ladies and gentlemen, this is look at right. talk. If you don't know, now you know. So tell me this. What is What's a myth that you have? You, what's a common myth you've heard about a lot of that you just feel like that's not the truth? A common about myth about anything. Like, what's something everybody says is this, but it's really not? Oh, man. Huh. Okay. Since I'm a hairstylist, I just want to clear this for the record. You know how girls are like, I have 4C uh-huh. hair? There is no such thing as 4C hair in a textbook. Now, have we somehow convinced the world that this exists? Yes. Because I'll see clients like, Oh, I need, so I work at a blow dry bar. I know there's a whole bunch of blow dry bars down in Florida. Yes, it's like one it on every corner almost. See, so I work at a, dry, a blow dry bar down here. So when people leave in the comment box, like, I have 4C hair. I need someone who's good with natural hair. First of all, bitch, 4C hair doesn't exist. People, your hair is either, um, gosh, medium, coarse, or fine, medium, or coarse, okay? There's no 4C, okay? It's either nappy or it's not. It's either extra curly or it's not, no, because I'm tired of it. I just want to get this off my chest now that I have the platform to do it, and it just seemed like a good a good time because you asked me about a myth. 4C hair is some made-up shit, everybody. Your hair is fine, medium, or coarse, okay? That's it. You can't, you, hair doesn't come any other way. And when you say 4C, I want to clear up that 4 is the level of your hair, okay? That's the color of your hair. The number 4 indicates the color. So 1 is the darkest and 10 is the lightest, okay? Not everybody who says they have 4C hair, their hair is not a level 4. So just cut it the fuck out. 
Stop it. You've heard it here, ladies and gentlemen. Tish is telling y'all, quit pawing y'all hair, the 4C hair, because it doesn't exist. Y'all have heard it here, y'all. And don't say we haven't told you, because we've definitely told y'all, you know what I'm saying? You heard it here, y'all. So quit calling it that. You heard it here by a licensed professional who's read the textbook. Yes. Okay. That's it. Got the licensed professional. That is now, since what well, what some mistakes people be making with their hair before coming to a hairstylist? Because I've heard I've heard other hairstylists <laughs> been complaining about some people's hair. And what you what's your take on that? So um I used to work at a really popular um chain salon. Um it's a cuttery, I won't name drop. But I mean, I see, I know you see where I'm going. Mm -hmm. It's a cuttery. And I used to do a lot of hair color. And I was the person that people would send the clients who fucked their hair color up to my chair. So it's nothing like a good box color botch that's about to cost you 250 bucks. And there's my BG&E bill and then some. Damn, $250 (laughs) just to put some color in your hair? Wow. I mean, I mean, it's a color oh, correction. Color correction. Yeah. So here goes bleach. Here goes. I could. I could. You know, be lifting orange. I could be lifting green. I, I could be lifting purple. I don't know what the fuck you doing in your downtime with box mm. color. So whatever you messing up, I'm fixing. Um, bangs. Some people mess their bangs up, and sometimes they're so fucked up. I'm just like, you know what? You gotta let them grow out. <laughs> I can't, I can't, can't fix it, buddy. You fucked up so bad. You Damn, that, that's real. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah, I've seen some that, and I've been doing hair for almost eight and a half years. So I've seen some shit, and you just like, well, I've seen a little girl have a, a round brush stuck in her hair, and we were afraid we were going to have to cut her hair and like shave it down. On the side, like turn that bitch into a head. Damn, that is crazy. Now, getting back to dating and relationships, which is what we talk about a lot of on Liquor Talk, Uh where do you think, you being a single mom, where do guys go wrong (laughs) in dating single moms? Um, I'm going to say for me, um, I, I, uh, like, I feel like, where do they go wrong? It's always sex. They always go wrong with sex. Like, they always feel like, oh, I'm just going to come fuck. And it's like, I'm almost 30. I need a fucking husband. I'm trying to open hair salon. I do not have time to just do sex. Sometimes, sometimes you know, I'll think like a man. I do need to, you know, just do sex and put them out. But, like, just you know, oh, I'm going to come entertain you until you fuck me. I can fuck myself. I'm good. <laughs> I'm good on that. I've, I haven't been in, like, a committed relationship for, like, three years. So, I mean, I've been by myself for, like, four months at a time, and then I'll start dating somebody, and then I'll start hooking up with them. Um, also, I recently was, like, dating someone who was like actually taken out to eat and I've never had someone do that I've never had someone like wow. me up you ain't never okay I, you need to come down south yeah that's what I'm saying <laughs> but go ahead I know southern boys are so good y'all so so good like I've just never had like in my mind I just want my husband or my person to like court me like open the door, take me out, surprise me, and I just have somebody who, after being divorced for, like, six years, like, come through and do the things that my ex-husband was doing, because my, I'm not going to say, <clears throat> before I got divorced, my husband wasn't good to me. My husband was great. Always had his card, always had his debit card, always had my hair done, always had my nails done. <clears throat> but when you start dating someone, and you're like, 13, 14, and now you're 19, 20, you guys have outgrown 
some of the things that you liked when you were children. And sometimes you just don't know how to gather that back. You don't know how to grow inside of a relationship. That's why my um, divorce ended. But I I just, I hate when guys just think that they can just come do sex and leave on their terms or like ghosting um, is something else that I don't like. A lot of people who ghost single mothers or like guys who date single mothers will be like, when can we chill? Nega, I'm a single mother. When the fuck do you think I have time to chill? On what day? So if you're dating someone who's a single mother, fellas, offer to pay for the babysitter if you really fuck with it the way you Wow, say. okay. Okay, that, that that's, a, that's an interesting perspective. I ain't never heard that perspective, you know what I'm saying? I mean, um, man, so I mean, no, nah, that's, that, that's going above and beyond if you pay for the babysitter. I mean, I mean, it is, and you don't really have to necessarily, but this for me, because my situation is different. There'll be times where I don't have money to pay for babysitting, but niggas want to see me. And it's like, I can't get out, so you can either wait till my son goes to bed, go, shuts his eyes, and come hang out for a little bit, and then go home, because that's the rule. As long as my son is up, you can't be here. When he sleeps, you can be here. You have to leave before he wakes up. So... If you want to see me that bad and you, you really fuck with me, you either going to order a pizza, get a kid's movie, and really show yourself, or you're going to order a pizza, get an adult movie, and show yourself, or you, you get what I'm saying? You got to do something. Like, the last guy that I was dating, like, I was like, oh, I can't go out because I got my son with me. You know, he picked us up, took us to Chick-fil-A, got us food, and then we went out wow. like, the playground. He took it right so it can be done. Like, you really want that time with me? You know what? Let's let's go to the playground. Your son can go in, go play off somewhere, and then we'll, you know, sit on the bench while he playing. So he occupied, and I'm occupied. So I'm really killing two birds with, with one stone. Like, sometimes if she can't get away from her child, make the date kid-friendly. Like I said, pay for the babysitter. And I'm I'm very independent. So I'll tell a nigga, like, you know, we can go out to eat, but I'll pay for my own food. Every time I go out to eat with somebody, I always reach for my wallet. Only reason why I put my wallet away is because the person across the table has told me to put my wallet away. Um, that That is definitely a very interesting perspective you just dropped on us. Like, that's very interesting. And um, I do respect that's That's a dope perspective. Never really heard that perspective before. That's definitely a real perspective. So getting back to your podcast. Mm -hmm. So what can the fellas get from listening to your podcast? Um, You, okay, season one is not as fun as I wanted it to be. So fellas, you will get to hear, I think I had maybe like one or two of my male friends on there, Black Excellence on there, just so you know. Talk my one friend Wendell. He's really big in the community. He's he's a dad as well, and he just laid out the perspective of being a husband, being a dad, being a business owner, as well as still working a regular job while he's you know has an art studio, is a dad, is is a husband. So just you know maybe some some um, jewels. He dropped definitely a lot of jewels. Um, that episode and there was another one um my cousin she has a business and um she was just talking about the services they offer whether it's resume building helping you um get yourself together helping you build your credit and stuff like that so it's really like a lot of tools season one is tools for black men and black women to support the black owned businesses see what everybody else is doing also just see that it's positive and it's possible. Now, season one sounds like it's great to me. So, why are you so down about it? Thank you. <laughs> because you sound like you were kind of downplaying because it. Because I just, I mean, I'm definitely downplaying it because that's just not my person. I feel like I, I feel like I jumped out there because everybody was like, you can do it, you can do it. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to do it next week. And then I did it next week. And I just kind of kept going along with it until I figured out exactly what I wanted to do with it. 
So season one is great. You get a lot of information. I do tell a lot of great stories, like side stories um, about my hoes and, you know, just about being married and my two boyfriends, my J team, who I dated for consecutively three years, but neither one of them wanted to be my boyfriend. So I just had two unknown boyfriends. But it's like, I just feel like I hear so many other podcasts where like, the women are just really being themselves, letting their freak flag fly, dropping the F bomb and the B word and being four three. Listen, I, listen, I'll, that's I've why done I'm a podcast with a whole bunch of women that they just let it fly. And I'm like, I love it. You know, so you just gotta one thing I've learned over this yeah. year that I tell everybody is just be yourself. Don't try to be in a box. Just be yourself. Be the raw you because yeah. that's what people want. If people want the bullet, if they want people to be yeah. old stuck up in this, they can watch the news. You know, just be yourself. The pot, yo, it's your mm-hmm. platform. It's your place to be you. Be unique because your podcast is so different from all the other ones. So also, now what can people gain right. from your podcast? Self-confidence, motivation, and Really, self-confidence, motivation, lots of laughs. So that's what people can definitely yes. expect out of season two. Yeah, oh, yes. Lots and lots of laughs from season two. And I want to start, like, getting my YouTube channel together because I, I want people to see the day-to-day that I live, the wake-up, the school, the extra activities, the work, my son plays sports, the project me up at night writing, me meditating, and me even dancing, doing goofy shit with my son asleep. I just want people to see, like, this is what a real person lives like. <laughs> well, Bruh. like I said, you don't necessarily have to do that on YouTube. You know, you can do that on, like, Instagram, hell, even TikTok. You can make TikTok videos with your son, too, because I've seen that happen. I've yes. seen those people making TikTok videos and stuff. And also, you can go live from your Instagram page, too, you know what I'm saying? That's just another thought, too. Yeah. Yeah. I wish I wasn't so camera shy. I'm just trying to get it together. I'm trying to maneuver something new. This has something to do with art, of course, being a visual artist. But I'm just, you know, new territories, trying to figure out what works best for. You know, I definitely feel you on that. Lastly, wash your bottom at the end of the day. Watch people download and subscribe and tune in to the Tea Time with Tish. If you like fun times, ratchetness, and even sometimes some cooking recipes, y'all gotta subscribe. Y'all gotta download because it's great. It's a breath of fresh air. Even when you're not thinking about it or you feel like you're down or something, you can just turn my podcast on and be like, my friend. Because um, everyone's, yeah, everyone's friends. So, are you going to be looking forward to having guests on your podcast? Of course. I had guests all season. I want to do something. I want to keep it the same way, but different topics and just refresh. Just, you know, how you hit the refresh on the on the computer button and boom. Yeah, that's what I do. I definitely feel you on that. Now, just so you know, I tell everybody this, and only one person is actually taking me up on this. You got somebody down in Florida that will come, that will definitely just is a DM away, you know what I'm saying? That will definitely be on your show. You just let me know the time and day. And like, I'm I'm just a DM away, you know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. Hey, you just gotta say, hey, I'm ready to have you on and tell me what we're gonna talk about, and we're gonna make this thing happen. Okay, we're going to do that okay, one day this now, week, um, definitely. Like I said, it's something you don't have to be this week. It could be whenever, you know what I'm saying? Just whenever you're ready for me to come on, I got you, you know what I'm saying? Because I definitely appreciate you for I taking the time you. out your busy Saturday to bless the liquor talk with your presence. I definitely appreciate them. Well, thank you so much for having me. It yes, was it was. Ladies and gentlemen, I hope you guys have enjoyed this exclusive round, the Tea Time with Tish round. Of, of Liquor Talk. Go ahead and subscribe to Liquor Talk on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Radio Public, wherever you get your podcasts at, because there is Liquor Talk. Also, go ahead and subscribe to our YouTube channel 
And ladies and gentlemen, give us feedback. Let us know what you like about Liquor Talk. Because, uh, ladies and gentlemen, we are closing in on 100 episodes. So y'all let us know what y'all like. <gasps> yes, I did. That is so exciting. Thank you, thank you, thank Congratulations. You, thank you for that, you know. And until next time, once again, I thank you for being a part of Liquor Talk, you know what I'm saying? I appreciate it, you know what I'm saying? Your family now. So you just let me know whenever you're ready to come through. And if you want to come back on Liquor Talk just on on some feeling, uh, special feeling, you just let me know. I definitely want in on that 100 okay, episode. I'll definitely send you some direction <laughs> of what you got to do to get in on the 100 episode. I definitely got you there. Uh, <laughs> all right. Absolutely. Uh, absolutely. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, remember, V tells you to pour that liquor up.